following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. Here we are back on the Players' Lounge. It's been far too long, far too long. Technical difficulties, I will take the blame. Me, my fault. That's why we are late today. So I'm going to jump on that grenade. Okay, I'm going to be a team player and be a quarterback and jump on that grenade and say it to me. So thank you for sticking in there. It's been far too long since Barry Church, Danny McRae, and I, Nui Scruggs, have had a chance to talk to you. Now, the Players' Lounge is about these two fellows who played for the Dallas Cowboys, Danny McRae and Barry Church. So, Barry, it's good to have you back. I'm going to let you go ahead with your own personal state of the union as we've got this show back in order. some cowboy football uh, to be exact and I mean it, it just this is a great feeling to be back I mean we've been doing nothing for the past couple months learning new trades here and there but um, it feels great to be back talking ball with you boys so ready to get it started McCray yeah, I'm, I'm a second that man I'm, 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 I'm ecstatic I'm ecstatic we get to talk about football we've been locked down in quarantine for a while so just kind of looking for different things to do and now we got the players' lounge back, so man, let's get this thing rolling. And I still haven't gotten my uh, my, my dinner from from Nui, but I, I understand why why you're late. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not late. I'm not late at all. It's been quarantine time, and Mrs. McCray is expecting a little one, so you and I don't need to be out face to face having dinner. So I'm not late. We just have right. to postpone it, okay? Because Dak did not sign the long term contract as expected. And uh, yeah, yeah. So I owe you, I owe you some some grub here. Let's talk about the first camp practice for the Cowboys here, fellas, because Mike McCarthy got the guys out this morning at 8 a.m., 90 degrees at the Star in Frisco. Let's start right out the uh, off the bat here with uh, one C.D. Lamb, the, the Cowboys' first round draft pick, taking number 17 overall. Um, he opened up at the slot wide receiver position. He ended up with a one-handed grab that was very nice. If you haven't seen it, going over to my Twitter page. Uh, Nui Scruggs, N-E-W-Y-S-C-R-U-G-G-S or DallasCowboys.com. I, I put the picture up there. So, fellas, your thoughts. Start with you first, Danny. C.D. Lamb opening up at that slot receiver with the Stars. Yeah, man, I think that's smart. And I also think that's the only place that he fits. Um, Gallup, you know, proved himself that he he's capable of being, being a top receiver last season. And we know Amari Cooper was going to be on the outside. So, you know, it's natural for C.D. to be in the slot. And so, I think him starting out there and being able to learn that position and, and seeing what McCarthy uh, wants him to do and how he can be a playmaker is, is real good for them uh, with this opening practice. And, and it's great that he made that, made that one-hand catch, but I just want to see it with those pads on, man. It's a different game. Barry? Yeah. Yeah, I got to agree with uh, Danny 100% on this one. I feel as though um, the slot position is the spot that CD's going to land for at least his rookie season. Um, like you said, you got Gallup out there who emerged as a as a great number two receiver out there who over 1,000 yards, had multiple touchdowns. He played great last year. Hopefully he can duplicate that. And then obviously we have our number one. We paid a boat ton of money, money to and uh, Amari Cooper out there. So this is the place that uh, CD was going to fit. 
Um, I don't think it's the easiest position for a rookie receiver to come in and, and transition into the NFL because a slot, I mean, you got to be a very intelligent, very quarterback friendly receiver when you're in a slot because you got to figure out where those zones are, where to sit down in between the zones and making your, your, your position pretty much open for the quarterback. So it's kind of just having a second quarterback out there, kind of like the tight end position. So he has to be extremely intelligent. So it's not going to be the easiest transition as playing wide receiver outside, but I think he can do it. And with his talent, as we've seen yesterday with that one or today with that one handed catch, I mean, he has all the talent in the world. Let's just see if he can do it with the pads on. All right, some other camp notes here as the Cowboys hit their had their first practice under Mike McCarthy. Uh, right tackle, L. Collins, he didn't practice. He was off to the side. So Wyatt Miller was the first team uh, right starter there. No Cam Irving. Um, your thoughts on Collins not being there to practice but working out on the side? Uh, I, I don't think I don't think it's that big of a big of a deal. I mean, it's, it's, it's practice number one. They don't really have pads on. It's really a footwork thing that's going on right now. So, if if there's any reason for him to be safe and get in shape and make sure everything is loose enough for him to to compete at a high level, don't take a risk on it. It's day one, so I, I don't see it being a big deal. And, and, and it's probably good for for those backup guys to get get a look at the first team reps, anyways, because we we all know what Lyle can do once he gets on the field as a starter. Yeah, I agree with you there once again. I mean, we all know Lyell is a, is a, he's a Pro Bowl caliber player. I think he should have made it last year, but he's a Pro Bowl caliber player, and um, it's day one. Like you said, there's no pads. They're kind of just installing. They're just getting in the in the flow of the rhythm of things. I mean, they just got back into camp. They're, you know, pretty much just filling each other out right now, so if there's any time for him to, you know, get a couple wind sprints in or get get some or extra conditioning in since he's not practicing, this would be the best time to do it before they get into the whole nooks and crannies of the, of the new offense putting in and how he wants to block and how different schemes need to be uh, solved. Um, I think this is a, an opportunity for him to get some extra cardio in and um, pretty much you know get it in early so it's not a big deal later on as uh, camp progresses. Let's stay with the offensive line. Uh, Mike McCarthy this week in the Cowboys State of the Union said that Connor Williams was slowly working his way back. But here it is, first practice. Connor Williams was out there with the first team at left guard. And then Joe Looney uh, ended up being the starting center right there. So, Danny, what do we make of that right there? Here's here's the coach saying Connor Williams is going to be out. He had offseason knee surgery. And there he is right there ready to go. I, I I'll tell you this, the, the, the pandemic and COVID has changed, changed these things. If this was a normal camp and it was, and it was starting on time and, and McCarthy said that, you could take it at, at, for, at, at face value, right? You, you would understand that they're going out there, they're probably going to be moving fast and he needs to slow down coming off that knee surgery. But with it being as slow as it is and walk through pace and, and moving slow and no pads, I don't think I don't think it's a big worry for him. So so if he can go out there and he felt like he could get those reps and just get the movements in, then I think he'll be okay. But once they start moving a little faster, I think that's when you'll see uh, McCarthy kind of limit his reps. Uh, also, uh, let me note here, Barry, uh, Connor Williams is also wearing a knee brace too when he was out there. Uh, oh, that's that's part of it. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, but Connor was injured last year, correct? Yeah, he had the knee surgery in the off season, so so he's he's okay. trying to he's trying to get back. Yeah, he's trying to get back. So, yeah, like I said, like I agree with Daniel on this one, too. I mean, it's, it's very slow paced. It's very kind of just kind of more mental reps than actually going out there physically. So um, I can see them, you know, kind of limiting his reps once the practice pushes back up. But this is also a guy who, like you said, last year he was injured. He's trying to come back. He's trying to be part of that mainstay of that offensive line. So I can see him going out there saying, hey, I, I can do this walkthrough. I can do it at this pace. Just let me go out there and kind of get get accumulated with this starting offensive line, seeing as though he was injured last year. So this is a guy that I think he's willing and ready to get out 
there as fast as he can. Hopefully he doesn't push it too fast to re-injure himself, but this is a guy that's ready to get back out there, and I can see why he was like, nah, I'm, I'm not waiting until the next couple of practices. I'm ready to get out there right now and play. So he, 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 he needs those that. reps. He needs those he needs reps. Those he sees see somebody exactly. in the rear. Lyle doesn't see anybody in that rearview mirror. Connor Williams, nah, he, not he, at he, all. Things, in the, things in the mirror are bigger than the up here. <laughs> He seen somebody creeping up from that rear view. He said, hold on, I got to put this gas on. I mean, we've all been there. We've all been there when, when there's somebody right behind us, and we know they got talent behind you, and you got to step your stuff up, and you don't want to miss any practices because of some lingering injuries. So we've all been there, and uh, Connor's in that same situation right now. If, if, Connor, if, if, Connor was, if, Connor, if he was on crutches, he would still be out there in that walkthrough like, man, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get these reps. He's hopping out there every day. So, so this is definitely, um, a, 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 I was I'm trying to find the right word here, but this is this is what's caused when you bring in a new co- coaching staff. The other these coaches don't know you. Joe Philbin, the new offensive line coach, he doesn't know Connor Williams. He doesn't have a familiarity with him. So, I, I understand your point. You're saying, hey, look, you see somebody else behind you. They took Connor McGovern out of Penn State. Didn't play last year's rookie year at all. And but here's the guy that everyone in the building says, hey, he can play. So Joe Looney gets the opportunity to replace Travis Frederick, who retired. Joe Looney filled in uh, for, for Travis Frederick the year that he had Guillain-Barre syndrome and didn't play. Uh, Looney spoke to the media, said he learned a lot from um, Travis uh, during their time together, but he feels confident in what he can do here. Do we think Joe Looney, when we start talking about position battles, do you think he can hold off Connor McGovern, who at Penn State his last uh, two seasons was a starting center there? Yeah, I- Absolutely, I think he can. And, and once again, it's, it's without having OTAs and minicamp and being familiar with the coaches, I think they're going to go with the person who has the most experience in the NFL to start. So I think he can hold them off at the beginning. Now, play play um, in the first two or three games will decide you know who ends the season as a starter. But I think he has a good chance of holding them off just just because lack of reps and lack of experience. Uh, yeah, I think he has a good chance to hold him off just because there's, there's, there won't be, this ain't like a regular season and there won't be any preseason games or anything like that to where you can see him going against Joe Looney going against opposite um, defenses and opposite competition. He's going against guys that he, you know, he's played against or he's practiced against over the years. So he's kind of familiar with their moves and how they practice. So um, it's going to be hard to evaluate, you know, those two guys on different competition when we're not playing that during the preseason. So I think he'll be able to hold him off for camp. Now, when we get into the regular season, if he starts to struggle, I think um, he'll have a short leash as far as, you know, he might not be able to give up one or two sacks and then he might get replaced. So uh, we'll see how it goes during this preseason and once the regular season starts. But I think he'll be able to hold him off just for the simple fact that he doesn't have to go against any other competition and they won't have to judge those two on different competition, seeing as though they're playing against the same players uh, each and every day during camp. All right, fellas, let's keep it going here. The Cowboys had their first practice, so right here on the Players' Lounge, we're going through some of the practice notes for you diehard Cowboys fans. The starting secondary, he out at, at camp today. At right quarterback, it was Anthony Brown. Left quarterback, it was Cheeto Awuzie. Safeties, uh, ha Clinton Dix. And then you had Xavier Woods. And then at the slot, your starter was Jordan Lewis. Now, throughout the practice, they kind of did a little flip-flop, going back and forth, rotating the, the uh, secondary. So Trayvon Diggs, the first uh, second-round pick, I should say, from Alabama, got reps at right corner. Then you had Daryl Worley uh, playing some uh, left cornerback there. So uh, those two guys, Diggs and Worley, were starting uh, the team portion at the end of practice. So this is your specialty, fellas, here. Danny, you take your thoughts right there on what they laid out there to start this thing. Cheeto playing cornerback. We talked about it possibly going to safety but he gets the first run out here with Brown. 
Man, I, I think across the board for me, it's, it's, it's probably be the same, man. Just because it's day one and these guys haven't had the chance to see some of these rookies that they picked up, it's, it's natural for them to go with the, the, the previous year's starters because they have that experience. So I, I'm not really buying too much into to the starting secondary that they have now with the exception of Woods, uh, Clint Dix and uh, Jordan Lewis. I think those two out, outside positions, I think those they'll be playing and, and competing for those starting jobs uh, throughout training camp and probably throughout the first two or three games. And then we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how the dominoes fall then. But I'm not buying too much into what they rolled out on day one. Uh, yeah, for me, I think this is going to be one of the biggest position battles throughout all of camp. Probably the most important and probably the biggest. And I would have to say it's the corner position. Um, I feel as though those safeties pretty much got it locked down. I know they said Awuzie's might, you know, switch back and forth and play in safety, but um, I'm not sure if he can supplant, you know, Ha Ha Dix or Xavier Woods back there as safety folks. So for me, um, it all comes down to this corner room. I mean, this is going to be a, an extreme battle right here. I mean, like you said, you had Anthony Brown over at one corner and you had Cheeto Awuzie at the other. But you see, that said, by the end of practice, we had, you know, the other two guys they picked up um, in free agency and the, the rookie out of Alabama was getting some time in there with the first unit. So on the first day, if they're already rotating like this, they let you know that it's going to be a heck of a competition out there. Um, at the end of the day, I, do, I don't I do see uh, Anthony Brown being that number one corner out there on the right side. Um, I feel as though he's suited perfectly for a slot nickel type position. But the only problem that is, is we already kind of have a perfectly suited nickel in Jordan Lewis. So I think that's going to yeah. be a great position battle right there um, it's going to be great to, to watch that and see how that develops but I think it's going to be one of the most important camp battles throughout all of camp um, that they're both or all all the corners in there can play and have experience out there so it's going to be a great great um, battle out there but I'm um, look, looking forward to seeing how it plays out in camp let's stay with the safety position Donovan Woods the kid that done the second year out of Texas A&M had a pick six of Dak Prescott as Dak was trying to find Blake Jarwin right there so something we know the Cowboys defense has to improve upon is getting some turnovers and here's Donovan Lewis going ahead putting his name out there to let everybody know he is here to make this football team and possibly get some run as a safety Oh, that's huge, especially coming in. Uh, I think he's in his what second year coming yeah. in. I mean, if you're getting if you're getting an interception off of the starting quarterback, I mean that's already turning heads for coaches. I mean, like I said, coming in, a younger guy trying to trying to make the team or just trying to get your name out there. I mean, making plays like that in practice. If you can make one a day in practice, I mean that'll get your name risen up there, and you'll for sure make the team. You just got to keep on making plays throughout each and every practice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, making those type of plays, especially as a first impression in front of these coaches, is huge. And if he continues to make those type of plays, they'll find a way to get him in the game. They'll create some packages if he's not a starter or they'll move him into that spot because the most important thing is creating turnovers and being able to uh, be disciplined in defense. And if you can create those take takeaways, you will be on the field. They will not have a guy who can get interceptions and cause fumbles sitting on the sideline. So that, that's, that's a great start for him. Uh, I want to see him continue to do that. All right, you guys both made the Cowboys undrafted free agents. Danny, you went on from Dallas to go to Chicago. Barry, you went on from Dallas to go to uh, Jacksonville. When you have that first practice and these coaches are seeing you on the field for the first time, what is that like? What are some of these Cowboys going through as they show a new set of coaches what they can do? You got to Jacksonville. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were going with McCray, but... Uh, 
you gotta when you come into a, a new situation, whether it be an undrafted or you got a whole new coaching staff coming in, you first want to get acclimated. For me, it was getting acclimated with the special teams coach because that's for me. Every time throughout my whole NFL experience, that's the coach that is kind of most most um, connected to the players. I feel like every special teams coach is pretty much best friends with all the players out there because they want them to be able to play on their teams. They want them to come and want to play on their teams, even the starters. So for me, going to a new team or being as an undrafted free agent, you make your make friends with the special teams coach, and then you go on from there. You make sure that you get all that special teams batted down before you worry about offense, defense, all that other stuff, because that's the quickest way to make the team. Now, if you're already established and you're like a free agent being paid to go somewhere else, then you have more of a leash, you have more of a leeway. The coaches are coming up to you to kind of be your best friend. So it's kind of opposite that way, but um, definitely if you're a free agent or if you're a young guy trying to make the team, definitely go ahead and go straight to that special team guy. I mean, he's your, he's your ticket. Yeah, Church, you're absolutely correct, and that's exactly what I did. But I, when I left uh, Dallas, I went to Chicago, and Joe D. Camillus was a special teams coach there. So he was already familiar with me. He kind of kind of wanted me to come and play there. But he did make it known that, you know, I needed to make an impression on in the DB room as well just so I could solidify my place on the team. So I was trying my hardest to be seen as a hard worker and be known as a guy who, who studied and, and could pick up the defense fast enough so if they needed me to go in the game, I would be able to go in there and compete at the highest level and make a few plays. So special teams won, like Church said, but if you're already established, you just, you just want to kind of hold that that standard that you already have for those coaches. You want to prove them right. Whatever they heard about you that was good, you want to prove that right. And whatever they heard bad, you want to get that out of their head. All right, this is the Players' Lounge right here on DallasCowboys.com. Let's continue with the camp notes. Mike McCarthy held his first practice at the Star in Frisco. They held it at 8 a.m. outside, 90 degrees already. This North Texas heat, it is, it, it, it'll get to you. We touched on special teams. Let's continue there. So Cedric Wilson and C.D. Lamb were taking punts. Uh, C.D. Lamb had... 54 punts that he returned at Oklahoma University. So I'm going to start with you on this one, McCray. What do you think that says, and do you think we can have anyone else in the mix when it comes to uh, who will be the punt returner for the Cowboys? No, I, I think this this position is his. Um, as long as he gets out there and he's able to catch, uh, catch those punts and, and not make big mistakes, I think th this spot is, is, is his for the taking. It's the difference between him and, and what we had with Dez back in 2010 when Dez was returning those punts is Dez was like set out to be our number one receiver. He wasn't a slot guy. C.D. Lamb will be the number three receiver, so he will be looking for more opportunities to get the, balls in, the, the ball in his hands, and this is the perfect opportunity. So I think he'll be out there. This is his position. Any other guy who's competing will probably be out there for safe punts, just, just a fair catch. But you can see the big-time plays and the big-time opportunities given to C.D. Lamb in the, uh, in the punt game, punt return game. Yeah, I think this is I think this is tailor made for him. You are 100 percent correct when you said like the difference between Dez when he was returning. I think he had like three or four touchdowns returned um, during that rookie campaign. But the difference was he was our bona fide number one. He was a guy that hey, we rather have him making big plays on offense than we rather him returning punts. But he just went out there and wanted to do it anyways, and he was spectacular at it. But uh, CD Lamb right here, he'll be that number three option I think at the slot, and that'll give him more opportunity to go back there and be. He won't be as fatigued to go back there and return punts. Um, returning punts that's a that's a dangerous game back there because you got guys flying at you 100 miles an hour and hopefully guys in front of you are, are picking up their blocks. But I think he'll be able to excel at it, and I think he'll be able to make more and more plays for this team as a whole, not only on offense but as returning punts or as returning kicks. So I look forward to him in that role, and hopefully he can duplicate um, what Dez did in his rookie season returning punts because that helped our team uh, immensely. Minus it, the it's injuries. Just... Yes, minus yes. the injuries. <laughs> 
So, so, as soon it's as Dez got hurt, they, they snatched him right off the field. Oh, that was quick. That was quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one practice, but the media in attendance fawning and loving what they're seeing from C.D. Lamb here. Uh, my question to you, and I'll start with you, Barry Church. Is there too much expectation already for C.D. Lamb, for someone who will not have any preseason games to play and is going to be thrown out there right away to start their NFL career against the L.A. Rams? Uh, yeah, I think um, for me personally, I think there's a lot of pressure, and I'm going to say a little bit too much pressure put on uh, C.D. Lamb. And, um, and a lot of it is kind of is kind of brought on by himself. I mean, um, him choosing to wear the 88, and, and that brought even more pressure because that's, you know, that's Michael Irvin, then you get the – or Drew Pearson, then you got the Michael Irvins, then you got the Dez Brands, and now, and now we're sitting with C.D. Lamb with the 88, and he has to represent that jersey as well. Um, then you got um, going out, I'm hearing reports of, yo, we're going to have three 1,000-yard receivers – this uh, this season because our receiving core is so dangerous and I you know they have the potential to do that but then you also got Blake Jarwin who you just gave him all that money to you got Zeke in the backfield who you gave all that money to I just don't know if there's enough footballs around to do that but that's adding even right. more pressure to go out right. there uh, it's just it, I think he's putting a lot on himself um, but if he's confident in himself to be able to get these things done then more power to him but for me I feel like there's a lot of pressure he's putting on himself and um, hopefully he can come through because if he has like I say like under maybe 500 yards and only five tubs or something like that for most that rookie season is pretty impressive but for him it's, gonna, it's not going to be that well just because of the pressure put on him <laughs> expectations huh let me tell you so this is i don't think it's too much expectation because church you played for the cowboys Louie, you've been reporting on the cowboys every year <laughs> is this expectation of super bowl or, or we hype it up <laughs> and, and, and we're supposed to go out there and win you know, thousand yard this, thousand yard that. You know, lead leading rusher in the backfield, and we're supposed to go out there and win the Super Bowl. It doesn't happen. We put expectations on ourselves as the Cowboys organization. Um, CD Lamb, to me, I think that I, I just I, for us to expect them to have three one thousand yard uh, receivers and a high profile tight end and Zeke. You're looking at guys who have to – we have to average probably 500 yards a game on offense, which is going to be super difficult if you want all these guys to get – Zeke, you look looking at Zeke trying to get 1,500 yards rushing, uh, you know, put some respect on his name. You're looking at uh, Amari Cooper who has to – he has to get over 1,000 just to, uh, just to prove that he's worth $100 million. You got Gallup who's still fighting to prove that he can do it uh, in his second year. It's, it's a lot of stuff going on out there, man. So I think the expectation is high. I think we will see a drop-off from someone. I'm not sure who it is, but I, I don't see us having three 1,000-yard receivers, a 1,200-yard rusher, and a 700-yard tight end. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I mean, it's the right. it's the CD effect. It's the I mean, we got we, the CD effect, man. We got now Dak's third place or third in the MVP ballot coming up. I mean, it's <laughs> it's the CD. It's the CD effect. Hey man, listen, it it, 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 it is it is what it is. Nui, Nui, if you disagree, we can make another bet. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see where you standing at on this one. Um, look, when when it comes to the offensive output numbers here, I, I'm still of the belief if the Cowboys give this foot and to me give more opportunities to Zeke Elliott, find more ways to use him a la Marshall Falk. If you make this thing about Ezekiel Elliott, well the passing game and everybody else is gonna be they're all they this thing should start with Zeke and then derive 
from there everywhere else because play action pass becomes a killer at that point in time so and maybe you're sitting here running a lot of 11 personnel and even some zero at times if you want to put Zeke out there but I I truly believe this thing needs to start with 21 and if 21 is eating then then four can throw it to any and everybody and and, and they can really go next level so to me I feel like this has got to start with Ezekiel Elliott and trying to make sure he has 25 touches a game somehow I agree with you. I agree with you 100% on that, Nui, as far as we got to get Zeke the ball in order for this offense to get rolling. But let me ask you a question. Do you feel as though with Mike McCarthy's uh, coaching style, his philosophy, do you feel like that's possible for Zeke to be the, the engine that this, that this offense needs? Mike McCarthy was asked this question when he got here, and I, I, I think I may have even asked it. Because I know I asked him something about the running back, but basically he's never had a guy like Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, the closest he had up there was Ryan Grant in their Super Bowl season, and then Ryan Grant ended up getting hurt, and then he had Eddie Lacy. And look, with all due respect to those players, they're not Ezekiel Elliott. And to me, you just go back and think of how they used him at Ohio State. Everyone ate around him. And I just go back to even Tony Romo. What's the best season Tony Romo ever had for the Cowboys? It was when DeMarco Murray was the NFL Offensive Player of the Year. And if I'm Mike McCarthy, you go back and you think of this guy, use him like Marshall Falk and everything else, all these great schemes can just revolve around there. Because if you're throwing three guys out there, I mean, imagine if you're, okay, you got three receivers set, and you got Zeke going one-on-one, catching some passes out of the backfield against linebackers. How are they going to slow it? They're just not going to do it. And so when they have to start to try and, you know, get get to the line and worry about the run and the pass, even even Dak, it can sit up here with the, with the run-pass option and eat. I mean, it just really does, in my opinion, revolve around 21, and then he can make everyone else happy. And if this Cowboys offense scores, 35 points a game like we believe they can. If they're scoring 30, 32, 35 points a game, next thing you know, you're able to just drop some serious bombs throwing to these wide receivers or finding Blake Jarwin down the scene for 15 or 20 yards. But to me, it starts with 21, eating and making everybody else, making the defensive coordinator figure out how do we stop 21. Stop 21, then you can actually stop the Cowboys. That's my opinion. So so do we have have three 1,000-yard receivers this year? No, no. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just asking. I just want to see where you stand on if you think it's possible for us to have Zeke Eden uh, open it up the uh, middle of the field for Blake Jarwin and then also having three 1,000-yard receivers out there on the field. I mean, you watched LSU play this year. Shout out to them. It would have to look something similar to that for you to have three 1,000-yard receivers and all those other players also racking up those yards. And we still only had two 1,000-yard uh, receivers. And we were scoring almost 50 a game. So it's just difficult. No. The, the offense will have to look, like, spectacular for, 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 for those numbers to come to fruition. All right, Danny, if there's three 1,000-yard receivers, that means Ezekiel L.A. got hurt. That, that, that's my opinion. I mean, that means Zeke, Zeke Joe had a knee injury or he something happened, okay? Uh, that, that's the only way I see 3,000-yard three, receivers because that means you basically don't have a running game and, you, and you're behind in a whole lot of games here, which I don't think that's going to be the case here. I just believe if they go where they want to go. And also, let, let's bring this up too. We haven't talked about it yet. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll come out here and talk defense. But if this offense – is going to help the defense. They need to run the football and try and control the clock. As much as they're scoring points here, they need to try and control the clock here because that's going to be the best friend of a defense when these guys can get out here fresh and tee off on a couple people. So so that, that's my take on that. Um, let's get a break in here. 
Everson Griffin is now with the Dallas Cowboys. I wanted to make sure we waited and to have a break and then dive all into that. We'll tell you when we can expect to see him at camp practice. And one statistic Cowboys fans need to be thinking about if they want this defense, okay, if they want this team to play on Super Sunday. I'm Newey Scruggs. We've got Danny McRae, Barry Church. This is the Players' Lines on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. To the Players' Lounge. <laughs> Friday, Players' Lounge is back for you right here on DallasCowboys.com. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by former Cowboy players Danny McCray and Barry Church. Um, before we go any further, McCray, Church, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me uh, at DannyDMac44. On Instagram, it's Danny underscore McCray40. Uh, for me, it's the same on for me. It's the same on both Instagram and Twitter. It's uh, Barry Church at Barry Church42, and uh, that's Instagram and Twitter. All right, find me on Twitter at Newey Scruggs. It's N E W Y S C R U G G S. That's N E W Y S C R U G G S, and it's Newey Scruggs Sports on Facebook. The Cowboys lost Robert Quinn in his 11 and a half sacks in the offseason as he went to Chicago. There's a lot of talk about, hey, how do you feel it? So the Cowboys ended up bringing in Alden Smith, but it's been a number of years since Alden Smith played. And now the Cowboys have signed Everson Griffin to a one-year deal, four-time Pro Bowl player with the Minnesota Vikings, former USC Trojan teammate of one Tyron Smith. Barry, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on Everson Griffin coming to the Dallas Cowboys, being able to fill in on that right defensive end spot where Robert Quinn left. 
Uh, I think this is huge, and I think this is um, this arguably probably the biggest signing of the offseason for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I feel like Everson Griffin, we needed we needed somebody to replace that production that Robert Quinn gave us last year off of the edge, and I think we got a perfect specimen in that. I mean, this is Everson Griffin. He's a pro's pro, but in the league 10 years. Um, he's a Pro Bowl caliber player. Last year, coming off of the Pro Bowl, I mean, this guy, it, he's, he's, a, he's a true stud defensive end. I mean, he can play the run well, and he, create, and he can create pass rush from his defensive position. You can put him on the inside. You can put him on the outside. And uh, to me, most importantly, he has great leadership characteristics. I mean, he was a captain for that Minnesota team and that Minnesota defense, which was outstanding for the years that he was there. He was a captain. We have a young defense. We have a young defensive line. I feel like he's one of those guys that can go in there and kind of shape and mold this defense into what it can be and what it has the potential to be. So I feel like this is a huge, huge pickup for this Dallas Cowboys team and the defense. Um, he, does, he just brings great leadership. He'll bring great productivity on the field. And uh, I think he's just an all-around Pro Bowl player. And uh, I think it was a great pickup. McCray? Yeah, yeah, same here. I, um, I'm starting to see that we, we're kind of going the route of the New York Giants when they had the it was a JPP and straight hand. They had that incredible D-line. And they, and they really just wreaked havoc and, and created turnovers. And, and, and it helped them get to the Super Bowl. And uh, I think what our starting four, the starting four that was out there today, you throw uh, Everson Griffin in there, if, if he is the player that he was last year or any year, I, I think that we have a real, real chance of being a great D-line. With that being said, it all looks good on paper. <laughs> it all looks good. <laughs> we, got, we got a lot of talent on paper, as we always do. And... I think the, the, the side of the ball that's going to be affected the most is the defense without having all that um, all those reps uh, for the offseason. So I think it'll be interesting to see if we can translate the talent that we have on paper to sacks and uh, big plays in the game. Let me dive back into some camp notes here. So starting defensive line looked like this for the Cowboys today. Tank and Alden Smith at defensive ends. Then you had uh, Gerald McCoy and Tyrone Crawford at defensive tackle. Don Terry Poe, who was signed in the offseason, is on the PUP list, so he was not there. So your thoughts on that front four for the Cowboys? Um, uh, my, my thought – oh, go ahead, McCray. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I, listen, I don't, I don't really have much. I think, like I said, I think it's great on paper. I think the one thing that, that we really need to focus on is none of this matters if we can't stop the run. All right, so – yeah, all the pass rushes, all the sacks in the world, all, all is great. The most important thing to me is I want to see these guys stop the run. All our defensive coordinators will say, you have to earn the right to, uh, to rush the passer. All right? So you got to make the plays on first and second down in order to be able to, to pin your ears back and go and try to get the quarterback. So we can get six guys who, who get 10 to 15 sacks a year all on the D-line, but if we don't stop the run, they'll never be rushing the passer. And our offense will never be on the field. So it's great, but I want to make sure that, 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 that we're focused and our defense can control the run so we can uh, let these guys get out there and do what they're best at. Yeah, you're right. We definitely do got to stop the run or we'll, or we'll never see the potential in this offense or this defense. But um, as far as that starting lineup goes that you pointed out, um, you said you had Tank Lawrence, Alden Smith, um, McCoy, and Crawford. Uh, I think that's a great lineup right there. I think that'll be more of a pass rushing situation or like a third, uh, third down um, rush group. Because you know, as a defensive line, they like to rotate in to get fresh bodies in there and fresh pass rush. So I see that lineup that you said is more of a third down situation, more of a pass rush situation, um, minus Alden Smith, I think you put in Everson Griffin right there, and I think you have a great pass rush third down situation. Um, when it comes to first and second down, 
Um, we have so many pieces that we can just plug and play and rotate in there. I think we have a great defensive line, but for me, it would be, um, you know, Tank on the outside, then maybe either Crawford or Everson Griffin, and then you would have um, on the inside, you have Poe once he's able to go, and you would have McCoy, and I think that'll be great for stopping the run. I think you have those two big, huge defensive tackles on the inside, being able to generate rush, but also being able to take up space, take up rush lanes, and most importantly, take up those offensive linemen from getting up to the second level, from getting up to Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh, letting them do what they do best, which is run from side line to sideline and make plays so if we can get that defensive line rolling um, rotating in and just getting fresh bodies in there I think this has the possibilities to be a strength of this defense and of this team and um, it can make everybody's job a lot easier especially in the secondary stay with pass rushers here Randy Gregory has not been reinstated at what point in time do the Cowboys just kind of move on down the road <laughs> last year the year before, <laughs> the year before that, I mean, what, what, I mean, what, what, what are we talking? What are we talking about here? I mean, they, they they brought guys in, and I'm I'm all for giving guys second chances, and the Cowboys are known for it. But I mean, it, it seems to me like they're making signings and they're moving on and they're focusing on the guys that they have in the room. And at, at this point, you know, they haven't reinstated them. I see them on Twitter, you know, going back and forth with some people and getting blocked by people who may be reinstating them. This is just some 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 attention that is not needed with the Cowboys. Let's let's get this new regime in, focus on football, and whatever happens with Randy Gregory, we wish the best for him. But let's focus on the guys we have in the room. Now, fellas, I got lit up. I got lit up on Twitter when I said they needed to be done with the Randy Gregory experiment two years ago. I mean, people said, you know, uh, how dare you do that? He's got mental health, and we need to take care of him. I mean, fans were mad at me when I said move on for Randy Gregory. Yeah, it's gonna be like it's gonna be Josh Gordon. My bad, church. It's gonna be Josh Gordon. It's gonna be Josh Gordon, like uh, for the last two years, getting moving from team to team, and the Patriots depending on him, and then the Seahawks depending on him, and he just letting them down. I brought that up too. They didn't want to hear that. Like you said, at one point, I mean, you, you got to you gotta let the man walk. I mean, I understand. Like I said, I've seen on Twitter as well. He's been going on there talking about how frustrated he is about the whole situation. But in, in, all, in, all real, in all realness, you just need to realize that you put yourself in this situation. I mean, this is like the fourth or fifth opportunity he's had, and he's failed these tests from substance abuses. And um, I know that I think the fear is that without football, I mean, what's going to happen to him? You know, we, no one really knows without football if he's going to, you know, go back into his old ways or kind of self-destruct. So I think that's the big fear, and I think that's why, you know, maybe the Cowboys kind of holding on to him. But um, at the end of the day, you kind of have to, you know, let the man grow up and, and be on his own. I mean, you can't baby him forever. And, I mean, he's had chance after chance after chance. And um, he hasn't been able to, to come through and uh, pretty much salvage his career. So, um, you know, I hope he does, you know, get it, get reinstated. Uh, maybe one more chance. But um, the Cowboys, I think they've done enough for him um, on their own. They, they, they should bring Dez back before they bring uh, Randy Gregory back. All right, get, get Dez back in the building. And, and stop, stop sleeping on Dez. And, and get Randy Gregory out of here somewhere else. I don't want to hear the, 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 you know, without football, he might self-destruct. Football is going to end one day, all right, for everybody. So, so you got to figure that out, man. You got to figure that out. Get the right people around you. The Cowboys, even if they don't pick them up, I'm sure they have people that reach out to them and, get the re- and have the uh, resources formed to, to get the help that he needs. But this is football, all right? Focus on football. This is football. Well, that was something I pointed out to someone who, who I said, 
Randy Gregory does not have to be on the Dallas Cowboys for Jerry Jones and the Cowboys to help Randy Gregory. He doesn't have to be here. I mean, we all see what they've done with Josh Brent. Josh Brent is still a part of the Cowboys team, and they have him. So they can do whatever they want to if he's not playing football to help him from a personal standpoint. But I go back to that line that Bob Sugar talked about in the movie Jerry Maguire. It's not show friends, it's show business. And at this point in time, if the Cowboys are, are going to go where we think they can possibly go with this talent, which is the playoffs, how long does a train wait on someone like Randy Gregory who's shown you that he has not been a person that you can rely upon, Danny? Uh, none, especially with the, with the pandemic going on. You cannot trust somebody to, to be available and be on the field. And this is, this is the most extreme part of it, right? Because if, if you are not able to have people that you have on the roster and, and on, on a Saturday, and all of a sudden you like, this guy can't be here, or you find out that somebody is going to miss the next four games, you're in a hole. Right, so th- this year is, is is specifically and especially not one of those times when you want to have a guy on the field that you can't depend on to be there the entire season. All right, we have not spoken the name of Mike Nolan, and we really do need to do that. To me, one of the most important pieces of the Cowboys in their hopes for 2020. He's a new defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. He used to be the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, and Mike McCarthy was his offensive coordinator. So now the roles are switched where McCarthy's head coach, and you've got uh, Nolan in here as a coordinator. I believe that Mike Nolan can help make a difference for these guys right out of the gate by just changing up the scheme and being a little less predictable. What are you all expecting to see from Mike Nolan his first year as a coordinator? Barry, I'll start with you. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be it's going to look a lot different than uh, the Marinelli system. Um, and I and I was a fan of the Marinelli system. I played in it for seven years, but I think it'll be a lot different. I mean, he's already brought in bigger defensive linemen, and you know that uh, Marinelli was all about his fast, quick. We need to get you know hit the gaps, and you know we need to get off these offensive linemen. So, and he's brought in more. Nolan's brought in more big, bigger physical defensive linemen. You know, you got Poe in there, and you got McCoy also. I also feel as though he'll switch up the the scheme as far as disguise. I feel like in Marinelli's system. It was mainly you had that tougher two shell for the whole entire, you know, the whole entire game. And we'll just pretty much do everything out of the cover two shell. We'll rotate into the cover three. We'll rotate into man to man coverage out of that cover two shell. But with Mike Nolan, I feel like there'll be a lot more exotic looks. I feel like there'll be a lot more exotic blitzes. I've heard Jalen Smith might get some run off of the edge, which um, he's, he's shown that he can do in the past. He can pass rush as well. So I think we'll just have a lot more dynamic looks, a lot more. Um, extreme and uh, exotic blitzes kind of similar to Rob Ryan's defense back in the day so uh, I think it's going to be a good look for this defense and a, and a new fresh start and uh, something that they need yeah I, I see it as, as meeting in the middle of two extremes as Rob Marinelli was we're going to line up and we're going to we're going to hustle and our effort is going to uh, out effort your effort and that's how we're going to uh, beat you on defense and then Rob Ryan was we're going to disguise everything we're going to put every defense that known the man in and we're going to run it when we see a certain look I think uh, this defense is going to be in the middle of that, right? They're still going to hustle. They're still going to try to outwork you. But I think the disguises and the way that they can fool the quarterback will be something that's huge this uh, this season. And then now we have a, a bunch of guys that can go out there and play cover one. So I think that'll free up the linebackers and the D-line to, to, to work a few more stunts and the linebackers to blitz off the edge or up the middle. And Jalen Smith and with a healthy LVE. And my guy Sean Lee, I think I think we'll make a lot of players on defense. He has a lot of lot of big big time playmaking uh, pieces to work with. 
Yeah, because at the end of the day, the the name of the game is is create interceptions and creating takeaways. And if you're out there in a bland cover two look, I mean, the quarterback pretty much knows half of the time what you're in. So if you can disguise yourself and kind of mess with that quarterback, you already won half of the battle. And I think that's what this defense is going to come into this year. And I'm all for it. If if Vintage Lee can go out there and create some uh, takeaways, I'm all for that as well, man. Hey, Church, Church, for, for, for this, so, so just to get into disguise, because every, every defense and every defensive coordinator uh, speaks on disguise. To, and it's more of when Marinelli was there, if we disguise cover two, the quarterback knew that it was going to be cover two or cover three, right? You either going to drop yeah. down or you was going to play that defense. When you get into, uh, a, you know, like a Rob Ryan type thing, if you line up in cover two pre, uh, pre-snap, you could be in cover zero, cover one, Cover three, cover six, uh, post snap, right? So I think oh, that's yeah. what uh, I think that I think that's what Nolan's going to bring is is going to be a lot more uh, difficult for a quarterback to to decipher what what we're running on defense. The only problem I have with that is that if since we don't we didn't have OTAs, we didn't have pre or we don't have any preseason games or anything like that. The only the only thing if Mike Nolan makes it a little bit too difficult, can these players pick it up in such a short time to when the regular season come around they'll be firing on all cylinders. That's the only thing they got to worry about, but if they can pick it up, I think the sky's the limit for this defense. That's why those young guys won't be out there to start the season. <laughs> it'll be it'll, it'll be those guys with experience to start it then once those young guys pick it up, hey, those starters better look out and start making some plays. All right. And the interesting test for this Cowboy defense out of the gate is Sean McVay and the, the Los Angeles Rams. And we know Sean McVay likes to throw it around. They don't have Brandon Cooks there anymore, but they still have Cooper Cup. You've got Robert Woods. So it's going to be interesting. And remember, the Cowboys took on the Rams late in the season last year, and they handled them pretty well. So I'll, I'll be interested because uh, this is a great test for the defense right out of the gate because Sean, Sean McVay is basically going to have all summer long to, uh, he, to get ready for this, for this Cowboys uh, defense. No, Jared Goff is still their quarterback. All right, so uh, we, we, I think I think we'll be okay. I'm still I, I'm still upset and salty from him being on my fantasy football team last year. So with him at quarterback, and then they lost Brandon Cooks. Uh, I, I I think I, I think we'll be all right. Jared Goff is just uh, letting me down. Needless to say, you didn't win a championship if you were rolling out there with Jared Goff. I, on the other hand, had Dak, had Dak Prescott and Drew Brees as my quarterbacks and walked away with the championship. So if you need help. Trying to figure out who to take this year, you call me, baby. Call a winner, cause I got I, you right I now. Ended, I ended my season. I, I ended. I, I ended my season with Dak Prescott <laughs> as my starting quarterback, and I got beat by Jameis Winston, fifty-five pointer with six interceptions and six touchdowns. <laughs> All right, we've got to oh, squeeze yeah. another break in here. Uh, I've got a fantastic stat that I think the Cowboys defense, if they can hit this, then they're going to have an opportunity to possibly go where they want to go. You're listening to the Players' Lounge. You're watching the Players' Lounge also on DallasCowboys.com. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. We can't wait to see the Cowboys back on the field, and we can't wait to pack AT&T Stadium to watch them play. When that time comes, SeatGeek is the place to get all of your tickets. 
Plus, tickets to the hundreds of games, concerts, rodeos, and other live events we'll all be able to enjoy again soon. Every SeatGeek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. OtterBox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their Elevation Tumblers? And OtterBox Elevation Tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. It's football season, and when you're tailgating with your friends and your family, you want the best meat on your grill. Pettigene Meats makes the best hot dogs, the Pettigene Griller, or the all-beef franks will score. To complete that tailgate meal, Pettigene Meats has hickory smoked sausage, hot links, Polish sausage, and the best hickory smoked bacon and ham around. Available at your local retailer. And a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Pettigene Meats. Taste the difference. Back to the Players' Lounge. Louis Scruggs, back here with you, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by former Cowboys players Danny McCray, Barry Church. This is the Players' Lounge. We do it every Friday right here on DallasCowboys.com. All right, guys, got a, st- a stat here that I really am excited about. Rick Gosselin, Hall of Fame writer, who's been on many Dallas Cowboys uh, platforms, had this. He says, since 2013, all Super Bowl champions have ranked top 20 in scoring defense, and 47 of the 54 champions have ranked in the top 10 in scoring D. Last year, here are your top 10 scoring defenses in the NFL. New England, Buffalo, Baltimore number three, Chicago four, Minnesota, Pittsburgh tied for five. Then you had Kansas City, San Francisco, Green Bay, and Denver. Fellas, can this be a top 10 defense, in your opinion? Start with you, Dan. Uh, absolutely. If, if, the, if the offense does what they're supposed to do, controls the clock, uh, and, and we get the other team having to throw the ball because they're behind, that just opens up opportunities for us to, to make those big plays, get those turnovers, and lead the league in, in, uh, in scoring defense. So I think if all works well, how we expect it to go on offense with all these weapons that we have, I think this will be a year of the defense making huge plays, and we will not be hearing about us not being able to create turnovers. Uh, yeah, for me, I definitely think this this team can be this defense can be a top ten defense, um, even without the offense um, playing up to where they could play. But I think this defense is legit if they played it with if, if they played to their potential. I feel as though this defense can be legit. Um, they have plenty of depth at each level, uh, linebacker, defensive line, and in the secondary. Um, the only thing that's might, that might block them is they haven't had that experience of playing all together. At, at the same time, you got a couple new pickups on the defensive line. you got a couple new guys in the secondary. So I think once they gel as a unit and pick up this scheme as a unit, I think the sky's the limit. I think they have great pass rush and um, great interior play on the defensive line. they got young linebackers that can run from sideline to sideline and can pretty much run with anybody and a veteran in Sean Lee that can pretty much teach them how to how to go about their week or weekly um, assignments and everything like that in film watching and then in the secondary you're just loaded with young talent and guys who've played and experienced ball and they're still young so I feel as though this defense this guy can be the limit they just got to play up to their potential and hopefully get after that quarterback because if they can I think they can be even a top five defense. Do, now, go do back you see, and look um, at that. Oh, go ahead, Dan. 
Well, so uh, how, how do you feel with uh, LVE and Sean Lee as far as health-wise? Yeah, that, that, that's, that's the only drawback, I think. Um, LVE, that neck, like I said before, that's nothing to play with. I mean, we've, we've had teammates in the past, um, Devontae Holloman, who had a similar neck injury, and he, and he was done for the you know for the remainder of his career. So that's something you, you cannot play around with. But if he's able to, to stay healthy throughout the entire year, I think he'll, he'll revert back to his rookie season as far as how he was all over the field making tackles and making big plays. And as far as if, uh, if he goes down, I think Sean Lee played the perfect role last year. Um, he wasn't asked to be a starter. He wasn't asked to play you know 60 snaps a game until those guys got injured but if they can stay healthy and limit Sean Lee's role I think that um, that'll be great for their health and I'll be great for this defense. Danny you, you talked about the point that when you um, you're going to need backups to be able to play uh, you guys were there last time there was a lot of you're going to see guys you know, because they have the regular work of the offseason they can get hurt so you're going to have an opportunity to play based on Sean Lee's history and also because what we saw last year with, with Leighton Vanderesh is he battled injury. So if you're back at linebacker on this football team, uh, be ready to play, be ready to know all the positions on the football field. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and this, is, this will be – this is more extreme than the, uh, than the lockout, mainly because – there will probably be no no real contact with another team until the first game. Like when you're going against guys in practice with pads on, it's still practice. These are guys on your team. You go hard, but the intensity is picked up when you're playing against a different opponent. And they won't see that until the first game. So this is going to be a very interesting season of trying to keep guys healthy and, and keep keep guys on the practice squad that can step up and play when, when you have those injuries. So I think it's going to be huge. It'll be something to see, something to watch. Yeah, I think it'll 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 be huge going into this season. I mean, I'm, and that's why I'm glad they brought in those kind of veteran leaderships, especially on the defensive side of the ball. At the defensive line, you got Everson Griffin, you know, linebackers. You already got Sean Lee, and in the secondary, you got guys like Clinton Aha Dix, who who played this game a long time. So um, they they can get those young guys ready to play, and it's going to be hard, especially for the rookies, not going against any other competition throughout the whole preseason, and then boom, the regular season starts, and and you got to be at the top of your game. And um, transitioning from college to NFL is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. So I think it's going to be a hard, hard first couple of weeks, especially for the younger guys transitioning, but um, hopefully they'll be able to get over it and uh, get productive. When I was uh, talking about that stat of the top 10 defenses last year, New, New England, Buffalo, Baltimore, Minnesota, Kansas City, San Francisco, and Green Bay, all of those teams made the playoffs. The three teams on that list that didn't, Chicago, Pittsburgh, and Denver, all had quarter. Cowboys, Dak Prescott, and even their backup, Andy Dalton, was in the quarterback position so this defense, the top 10 defense, the Cowboys will have an opportunity to make the playoffs. And when you're talking about trying to make a Super Bowl, it, this is doable, okay? I'm not saying I'm going to get there. It's 25 years since we've seen it. But I'm just saying it's doable. The, the defense can just pull a little bit better weight. If Mike Nolan can get some of these guys lined up, then they don't get beat by like, who hadn't played after being out a month with Mono. Trubisky. The <laughs> that third, okay, fellas, look. I was there that Thursday night in Chicago. And, and so normally, normally during a game, you know, I'm writing down every play. It got to the third quarter, and this dude scored another touchdown. I put, I stopped writing. I was like, I'm not taking any more notes. This thing is done. I mean, this thing is just done. I mean, when Mitchell Trubisky is out here balling on you, looking like a pro boy, this is a this is a wrap that, you know, Marinelli needed to go. Your boy JG needed to go. I was like, this is just bad. It's bad. 
was an awful. I mean, really, that was one of the that was one of the saddest nights that I've ever covered a Cowboy game. I just look like this is just this is not representing. I'm sorry, I brought fan it up. Base one. How, how did we know? How did we know JG was coming up in this conversation? How did we know? <laughs> like I said, I'm sorry. Somehow See, I we went from I tried, defense. I we talked about man. defense and Nolan, and then it switched all the way from he went Marinelli and then he shot up. Oh, JG, yeah, JG had to go too. He had to get him up out of there. I, listen, I feel you, know. Go ahead, man. Go ahead, get it out. It's, 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 it's been a while. It's okay, been a while. Go ahead. Did I lie? Did I did I lie at any point in time? Did I lie at any point in time? You you can't tell. All right, what was the most disappointing loss of the year last year for you guys? Was it was there a more disappointing loss than the Bears Jets game? I mean, you, you tell me. What was the most disappointing loss when you just looked at it and you just said, "Dang." Yeah, yeah, it, it, was that it, Bears, it, it had to be the Bears. Yeah, okay. That Bears. It's a Thursday night game. You know you're still in first place, and it, but it's slipping away. And and Mitchell Trubisky was not good. I mean, think about it. Mitchell Trubisky was so bad in the offseason, they didn't pick up his option, and then they traded for Nick Foles, who had that crazy contract in Jacksonville. I mean, that's the dude who went oops upside your head on Thursday. But I'm sorry that mm-hmm. I brought it up. I'm sorry that I brought it up and that they didn't have ready <laughs> was it re- we back on this wasn't ready to play but listen they was ready to play they got beat <laughs> they got beat that's just, that's what, that's just what happened. It happens in football you get beat they got off the bus and they thought they was going to win they was ready and then once they got on the field and they got hit they, they wasn't ready no more man it's, it's alright shout out to Jay-Z out there in New York we'll see how that goes okay speaking of Jay-Z that's already opened up that door keep walking through it that press guy to Jason Barrett and talked about communication. So what do we make of that? Dakota Press say about the difference between the head coaches, a head a Super Bowl winning head coach to the former coach who started him off here in the NFL. I'll talk to you there, Danny. <laughs> uh I'ma think I'ma say this. I'ma say this. They probably met twice so far and they've been doing Zoom Zoom meetings. Uh, throughout the whole summer, so I'm, I'm taking that with a grain of salt. They haven't even been around each other or played in a game or been able to really do anything for him to say the communication is that great. They haven't had to communicate except on Zoom. So I'm, I'll, I'll see how I'll see how what happens as the season goes on. But communication uh, th- throughout the summer during the pandemic, absolutely okay. I, I, I understand it's automatically better than it was uh, previously. What else is he supposed to say? <laughs> <laughs> he gotta say positive stuff about his new uh, his new head coach. Oh man! Hey, if, if I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, and I'm a you know I'm gonna read between the lines, so to speak. Uh, I'm, I'm saying he said this, man. He's saying you know it's finally nice, and I'm not saying it's true or not, but I'm just I'm just saying what I think he's saying is that. Uh, he's saying it's finally nice to, you know, have all position groups on the same page. I mean, we're not, you know, offensive lineman doesn't think we're blocking it this way and the running backs think we're going with it this way. And I just think he's kind of saying that, like, you know, in the past, it just wasn't communicated as well throughout position groups. I, I, that's all I'm thinking. Maybe that, maybe I'm out of pocket, but that's all I'm thinking. That, that, could, be, that could be accurate, right? The, the, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a cohesive unit. But what we don't know is if it's a cohesive unit now. They haven't had to do anything. They haven't been in a situation to where the personnel came in wrong or, you know, uh, or they had to stop the clock or they was in a two-minute situation and all the communication had to be on point for them to go, go down there and get a field goal or a touchdown. They haven't had to do any of that in practice or in the game. This is something that we will, we will learn as they get into those, to those things, and I hope 
I hope, please, please, I hope that they're able to get this stuff uh, correct so, so we can be a better team than we have been in the past. So I, I'm hoping for McCarthy, but I'm just saying we haven't been able to prove it yet. I see you smiling over there, Nui. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that if the defense, of course, just listen to what you guys just for players and experts say. So if the defense improve and they can get turnovers and we and they're not predictable. If according to what Dak Prescott says, there's some more communication going on here. A team that went eight and eight last year should be able to find two to three more. Vegas has eleven games this year. So, gentlemen, should we raise the expectation based on what we think the Cowboys can do with this no, new regime? No. Nui, come on, come on, Nui. We talk about communication. You watched the same games I did, and them going out there and losing to Chicago and losing to New York, I didn't see nothing wrong with communication. They did not play well. All right? When they was dropping passes, what, the, the ball communicated with your hands and you dropped it? What, what are we talking about? They didn't play They didn't, they didn't, they didn't play well enough. I, I didn't see – like some of the stuff, right, special teams was crazy, and they had communication problems on, on that end, and we see that they made a change change from that but that didn't lose them the playoffs they didn't play well enough and communication played a key in it but the play was enough to par for them to be able to say we making a Super Bowl run mm. yeah I'm gonna hold so, off my I'm gonna hold off my reservations until <laughs> at least the first at least the first game I gotta see how they how they play together as a team or some maybe some maybe they'll have some type of scrimmage on TV or something I gotta see something before I get my reservations but um, yeah, I think I mean, they might make it. I got them going nine wins. I got them at nine wins, so we'll see. All right, so let me let me spin it back this way, okay? Um, you've got some players, key players, in my opinion, who, who I think will be better. For instance, Michael Gallup in year three. Michael Gallup's numbers compared very favorably with Amari Cooper's last year. And the offense, while some terminology will change, they're kind of saying it, it, it should still be in the same way. You've got Ezekiel Elliott. Here's another guy here who talked about the offseason. I'm not getting enough respect here. If we have some players, if that was have some players step up a little bit and, and, and my opinion, go better by my McCarthy, I don't think it's unreasonable at all to say that this should be a 10-win team. Now, the one thing that I will say, could be a detriment. There's two things. One, not having enough time in off season to work with a new coaching staff. And then two, we don't know what will happen with COVID and health. I mean, that's, that's kind of out of your control. But I think it's crazy to sit up here and say that this is this is a 10-win type of talent team that they have here. Because we know Washington is going to have some bumps this year. And the Giants, we're not expecting. This thing is supposed to be between the Cowboys and Philadelphia. We know every year somebody could change it a little bit, but I'm thinking that the Cowboys, 10 wins is not crazy. I'm not being a homer when I say that. When you base on the kind of talent that they have here. This is so familiar. In the last five, six years, when have you went into a season and said, with the talent, we shouldn't win 10 games? Hey, man, you know, but we know what the problem, but you know. <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm saying, with the talent, uh, with the talent, with the talent, when you went into a season, how many times in the last however, however many so years have you said, you know what, with this talent, we should win less than 10 games? All right. And I've always put up the number two. The last head coach was good for two losses a year that he shouldn't have. Too many times the Cowboys under Jason Garrett would win games because they could out-talent you. But if it was your talent against their talent and then coaching got involved, a lot of times the Cowboys took that L. Or the other team but had we talk about talent. Cowboys. But we, 
But we talked about talent, guess what? But, but guess what? Now you got a Super Bowl winning coach there. Oh, Lord. Now you got a defensive coordinator. He said, I don't care. I know you don't. You hear that press card saying that the communication is better. I'm just trying to tell you, man. My man's been on Zoom calls for five months, dude. He's been on Zoom calls. Oh, he got good Wi Fi. He got good Wi Fi. That's what he means by good communication. Danny, are we going to have to put a bet on this? Absolutely. You already, Newey, you already 0 2, Newey. You already 0 2. Listen, my method has been working. All right? Yours is not. So I'm going to stick with what I've been doing. All right? I'm going to stick with what I've been doing. I got two free meals on this one. You ain't going to get the meals until 2024, man. I might have to just do I might have to just do an Uber Eats and sit at your Yeah, sit at your man. But but I I feel this confident in in Mike McCarthy and I, I I I'll put something down on it I'll put something down I feel that confident okay I, I do that there's just that, that that they'll be able I mean look there they haven't been that far away now I'm not sitting and you know man I'm not the Homer Homer kind of guy I like to keep it real but at the same time when your coach is going to get you beat twice a year because things are not going correct the New England game the Jet game Chicago that embarrassment against the Buffalo Bills I think you've got a guy here who can go ahead and help them get better McCarthy reminds me a lot of Rick Carlisle when Rick Carlisle got to to Dallas and started coaching the Mavericks he'd been um, a coach of the year with Indiana and Detroit, and when he left Detroit, Larry Brown comes in there and wins a championship, and a lot of people thought, you know what, Carlisle can't coach, he's not that good. He also had a team that was a contender, a NBA championship contender, but they had that thing called the Malice and the Palace when he was coaching Indiana, and then of course, you know, Ron Artest and Steven Jackson got suspended, that team got blown up. And you saw what happened when you got a guy who had his coaching ability mixed in with some talent, he was able to win. I believe Mike McCarthy is that type of coach. I believe that for a guy who's won a Super Bowl, he may right now be the the coach who has the least amount of respect in the NFL right now who has won a Super Bowl. Can you name another coach in the NFL who has less respect for having won a championship than Mike McCarthy right now? I, I can't Man, think of I can't do it. I can't do it right now. I'll tell you this. Let's, let's, start the show, let's start the show off next week with you coming up whatever bench you want to lose, and then I accept – and then you owe me two or whatever, whatever you owe me right now. Let's, let's just let's just do that. But you trying to go double up? You trying to double up? Double or nothing? What? What? No, you no, you go you go get my bill this time. <laughs> we, we, we <laughs> by, by, by the way, remind me what do I owe you? What, you what owe was, me. I, so okay, so I picked, but I picked the place. Okay, but I picked the place, right? Yes, but it has, it has, you know, it, it can't be McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? It, no, it, it no, no, be, no, no, it, no, 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 no. No, it can't be. No, no. No, none of that. No Olive Garden, no McDonald's. It got to be something worth worthwhile. All right? No. And, and, we, and the price, and my meal got to, my, my, my entree has to be over $25. Okay, I'm going to take you to a place that Lyle Collins absolutely loves, okay? And he's a fellow LSU guy. So if it's good enough for Lyle Collins, I believe it'll be good enough for you, Danny. All right, all right, all right. Listen, me and, me, and like, me and LC don't eat the same stuff. We don't have the same taste. Hey, that, 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 that restaurant is going to be open in 2024? Y'all boys talking about eating. Let me look at Yelp first. Send me what it is. Let me look at Yelp. I'll decide, right? Because I won the bet. So no, let me no, decide. It, it, it's going to be two sisters. It's a, it's a, it's a family. Okay. From, all right. Uh, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. Nine, I like that. Nine, I'll do that. Okay. 
Ninth Ward in New Orleans. And what they and here's what they did, Danny. Um, they redid uh, the bread they made. So the bread they the, the po' boy bread they have here, Danny, is this is the legit. I mean, you know, it's all about the good bread. Um, it's legitimate. So, um, so Collins goes there. He loves it. Um, who's the old running back who was from uh, Lance, New Orleans? Who's, you guys play? Yes. So Dunbar, Dunbar used to take a bunch of Cowboys. That's how I first heard about it, by the way. So I will take you there. It'll meet all your requirements of, of, of the taste, the pricing, everything will be good. And if it gets to a point in time where we really can't get this thing done, I'll meet you someplace. I'll get it to go. We can social distance out in the park someplace or wherever you want, and we can eat the meal. But I will take care of it, okay? That's good cool. I, I, I that. will take care of that. Oh, I'll take that. Man. Okay, I will take care of that. So I will, I will, I will gladly pay that back. But yes, I, I, my choice. It'll be much better than that last place we went to. And you'll say, Nui, you were right. You'll say, Nui, you were right, and that's good. That's why we do I this podcast. But, but I will come up with a bet where I get Coach Mike McCarthy's back, and you'll just sit around here at the end of it and have to pay me back, and and, and I'll be very happy because. Um, Mm-hmm. I, I believe I believe that Mike McCarthy will be able to make this a better football team. I believe that this is a man who, while he tries to downplay it, feels like he has something to prove. And I'm telling you, for a man who's won a championship, tell me. I mean, who, who else out there has won a Super Bowl that has? I mean, all of them get more respect than him. Belichick, obviously. Hey, nothing, did, he give you some, did he give you some money before this uh, podcast? Some, no. Something had to happen. <laughs> no, no, nothing happened. He, he can't. Look, he can't. He can't even end the show. He just uh, McCarthy, McCarthy, McCarthy. I got you, man. Yeah, I feel I you. you. I like. I like him. That's his boy. <laughs> That's his boy. Hey, you all, you, you know what? You all go sit out here and say something. Boy, we, did, we, we didn't know. And that's okay. That's okay because, you know what? Math fans were the same way. Math fans, when they got Rick Carlisle, were like, man, this is just another Avery Johnson. In fact, they were calling him Ivory Johnson. Like, he's just the same old guy. End up winning a championship. Everybody was quiet. I remember everybody said, fire, fire Ron Washington. I was like, leave Ron Washington alone. You know what? Let Rangers two World Series. Winningest manager ever. I'm telling you, I'm going down that same road, okay? I'm putting chips in. Put chips in on Mike McCarthy, okay? Put, put the chips in, man. Chips with the dip. We'll see. Exactly. Exactly. Trust me. Trust me. All right. Uh, producer extraordinaire Chris Beam, I, I appreciate you getting this on. Um, I know it's always an adventure when you deal with <laughs> when you deal with us, especially me. Um, McCray, Church, this was fun. It was good to talk to you guys one more time. And uh, we'll ride it again next week, uh, Friday. And um, I'll come up with that Mike McCarthy bet, Danny McCray, since you don't want to believe in the coach the way I believe in the coach. But we'll come up with something here for the Players' Lounge, all right? Sounds good. We shall see. Sounds good to me. All right, Cowboy Nation, we appreciate you uh, checking us out. This is the Players Lounge. It's Danny McCray, it's Barry Church, and I am Dewey Scruggs. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?